Hi, and welcome to Making the Time podcast with Shelby Hughes. You are listening to episode 12, Trusting Through Your Story. For those of you who have been faithfully listening from week to week, you likely noticed that I did not have a podcast last week. The truth is, one new thing upon another surfaced, and I chose to drop the podcast for the week and make the time for my husband and our children. So we were moving right along, and it just so happens that the topic for last week, it sort of merges with the topic for this week. So I really think you are going to get more than if I had split it up into two weeks anyways. And so in this episode, we are talking about trust and how we can trust through the stories that make up our lives, even when our trust is broken, and how it's those broken stories that point to us to the hope we have, to the freedom we have in Christ. So let's begin. Today, I'm sharing with you a very vulnerable piece of my story. Aside from the closest of friends who know, this is the first time I share this story publicly. I ask that you would be gracious as I go through this, knowing that I've only recently healed from this part of my story, that I've only recently begun to walk in the freedom, that even though the story never endangered me in any way, it still did something to me emotionally, and it has taken several years to navigate through that. So let's begin. My husband sits at the computer, typing an email for the worship set in our local teen ministry at church. I'm adding you as a singer, he lets me know. Cool, what are the songs? I respond, how he loves us. Amazing grace, my chains are gone, and I interrupt him. Maybe you can find someone else. Why? That song's just hard for me to sing. Oh, okay, he answers. I've told him why it's hard to sing several years before when we first got married, but I don't feel like rehashing old memories that I'm not fond of anyway. I'm not sure if he remembers or he considers my comment to mean that I find the song vocally difficult, but I don't. In fact, it's the perfect song for my vocal range, but every time I hear it, which is frequent considering it still remains a popular song years later, I go back to my teenage years the ones that wreaked havoc when circumstances began to swirl. And in the breaking of trust from several closest to me, I picked up a guitar, asked the youth assistant at our small church for lessons, and learned one worship song after another. Those worship songs brought healing in a way hymns didn't. Not that there's anything wrong with hymns, because I love them. In fact, when our church sings hymns, I am probably the one within our generation who feels in her element because I grew up with them. But worship songs weren't received well by several. Something about the drums, I think. The modern vibe, maybe. Or perhaps it was just feeling uncomfortable about something new. I'm not 100% sure. Regardless, they were not well received. But the youth assistant who wanted to one day be a youth pastor was excited to bring Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, to the church. It was a hymn with a twist. He and I would practice and then sing it together in front of the church. A few hours of practicing and drinking lemon water to help the vocal cords, and we stood in front of the church and sang. I didn't feel nervous. I was excited to be part of something new 
a defining moment in which I hoped people would hear the hymn, hear the refrain, and finally understand the point of worship. But they, the few, still didn't like it. No need to change something that's already good. But that's not why it's difficult to sing, though I certainly had to navigate and internally process the importance of worship. It's difficult to sing the song because I trusted this 30-year-old with three kids and a wife. Several months after singing this song, after weekly receiving guitar lessons from him, he was arrested for soliciting a minor. I was angry, confused, hurt. My parents questioned me. No, he never did anything. I would have told you. I struggled through those months. Why? Why would he do that? It doesn't seem like him. I thought I could trust him. In that moment, I resolved that I couldn't trust anyone, especially not men. I couldn't bear to hear the modern version of Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, because I felt in bondage over things I had no control over. I didn't feel free. I didn't feel ransomed. I was confused and angry by mercy. Like, why would there be mercy on me when there wasn't mercy on so many others? I rarely felt God's love, and when I did feel God's love, it was marked with feelings that God was angry with me, that he was punishing me. Because I grew up constantly hearing, whom he loves, he chastises, and I always took that to mean punishment. It wasn't too long ago that I listened to a video by Chris Tomlin in which he explains how the refrain was added for the adaptation of a movie called Amazing Grace, which details the story of William Wilberforce, who was a leading voice for the abolition slave trade, and John Newton, who was a slave trader, who ran slave ships, and whose eyes were opened by God himself, in which John Newton spent the rest of his life preaching the freedom that we have in God. The song Amazing Grace was born out of slavery, and I've known that for a very long time, but it's only recently hit me that I had been living my life enslaved by my own story that unfortunately became associated with that song. And I, for many years, haven't felt like I could let go of that. But God, in His grace and His love, has drawn me toward Him. And I am now, years later, at a point where I see his grace and his love and his mercy and his kindness toward me and his kindness toward all of humanity. Despite the pain we face, despite the trust that's broken from the very people we love, that we have freedom in Christ and that he loves us so much more than we can ever understand. There is a book called The Artisan Way, by Erwin Raphael McManus, and it's about crafting your life into a work of art. And I love everything about this book because it brings God into the equation of our own stories, the stories that we can artfully tell. And in this book it says, you and I have both met people who have gone through real pain and suffering in their lives that they struggled to get past. I know in my life I have met such people. I find it difficult to see how they could overcome such tragedy. Sometimes life comes with such blunt force trauma that the natural and human response is to curl up in a fetal position and hope that somehow the world will just go away. 
Yet inevitably we soon meet someone else who has suffered just as deeply, and yet that person has somehow risen above their pain. They remember the pain, but are no longer trapped in it. Occasionally we have the privilege of meeting that rare individual whose story is filled with such overwhelming tragedy that we wonder how in the world they can see so much beauty all around them. Yet those people do exist. People who have suffered more than you and me and yet remain more hopeful, more optimistic, and yes, even more joyful and happy. That comes from chapter three of his book, and I love a few pages before that where I think the writer nails exactly why there are people who remain more hopeful and more optimistic, more joyful and happy. And it's because of this. Beyond despair, there must always be hope. Beyond betrayal, there must be a story of forgiveness. Beyond failure, there must be a story of resilience. If the story ended at the cross, it might be a story worth telling. But that story could never give life. Only the resurrection makes the crucifixion what it is for all of us who are marked by the cross. So I will end with this. Trust in the pieces of your life that make up your story. What I mean by that is to trust God with your life, with your story. Trust that he loves you, that your chains are gone, that you've been set free, that he's ransomed you, that his mercy covers you, that his love for you is unending and unfailing, and that his grace for you is amazing. Let us pray. God, I don't know the hard parts of these listeners' stories, the hard parts that make up their lives, the hard parts where trust has been broken from the very people they loved that they looked up to. God, there is so much hurt in this world And it's so easy to focus on the hurt instead of focusing on you. And it's so easy to see you as a God who is angry with us, who just wants to punish us. And instead of feeling your kindness toward us, your love and your grace and your mercy toward us, we just feel condemnation. But that's not who you are. That is not your character. You are a God of love. You are love. Help us see that. Help us live in that freedom. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to find me outside of this podcast, I am over at shelbylhughes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at shelbyhughesbrighter. I will include those in the podcast description. And as always, thank you for making the time to listen.